It was all Southwest Minnesota State today here in Marshall, 28-10 the final. And the Mustangs, well, they had a 10-game losing streak to the Cougars, and they emphatically <laughs> put a halt to that one here on their home field, Matkey Field, at the Schwann Regional Event Center. And it all started with a Cougar turnover on their opening drive. Mustangs were able to capitalize, and they just built on it from there. Yeah, they really did. The Cougars had a little bit of something going. The ground game was was looking pretty good. And then uh, Cam Dean, uh, a slightly underthrown ball. And from there on, uh, the, the Mustangs went, what, 77 yards on eight plays, and it was kind of off to the races for them for the rest of that first half, jumping out to that big 21-3 halftime lead, and then uh, came right out and, a, a great drive to open the second half and put this game on ice quickly. Scoring summary, Jamel Staples opened it, 43-yard scamper after the Jefferson interception. Jelani Jefferson, the first of two today. Donald Austin scored three times. His first one came with 3.08 to go in the first quarter. It was a four-yard run, 14-0 Mustangs. After that first period, they had drives of eight plays, 77 yards, eight plays, 62 yards. Sioux Falls got on the board. Opening play of the second quarter, an eight-play 58-yard possession was capped by a 35-yard field goal by Nick Hernandez to make it 14-3. Austin with his second score, a 21-yard run, capping a seven-play 77-yard drive with 11 minutes to go in the first half to make it 21-3 at the break. It was 28-3 after three, a one-yard run by Austin, his third of the day, a 12-play 73-yard drive. They took seven minutes off the clock with the wind in that third quarter. And the final score came with 6.27 left. It was Adam Mullen, 65 yards to Darfnell Gwynn. Five-play, 73-yard drive to make it a final score of 28-10. to 10. Chad Berger up in the booth with us now after spending the entire day down on the field. Your thoughts about that second half? Not much different than the first for Sioux Falls. Well, I think Tim really hit it on the head. Uh, that first drive of the second half where the Mustangs controlled the clock, controlled uh, the, the ball all the way down the field, and then put more points on the board, that really set the tone and essentially kind of put the Cougars kind of out of the game at that point, um, you know, with with a quarter and a half left. And they, they haven't shown – the Cougars haven't shown a lot of big play – uh, ability so far this season it it kind of you know put them in a point where they couldn't really uh they, they tried but they couldn't really dig themselves out of that hole we saw uh cam dean take a couple of hits at the end of a possession then did not come back in after that did you see anything or hear anything was that an injury decision or was that just a game time decision <laughs> cam told me he is fine okay that's all, all right. that's all that's i'm gonna to say yep yep <laughs> Well, Southwest Minnesota State goes into the offseason on an uptick. The Cougars, not what they wanted. No. They finished 3-8 and eight and to end 2023-5 consecutive losses, something we haven't seen. Yeah. Well, I haven't seen it since covering the team starting in 1998. It goes back to 1993, the last time they lost this many in a row. Predates either all of it. Well, you were in college I at was, the time. I was around, yeah, 2-8 and eight in 1993. And, you know, we've... we've mentioned that a couple of times throughout the year two and eight that season there were a lot of injuries a lot of similarities a lot of young players got experience and that was the catalyst to that group that went on to win the NAIA title in 1996 um, you could hope 
silver lining to a three and eight season, and it's a building block with a lot of youth, with a very young team as we've talked about. Uh, you know, you hope you can build on that, and that'll start in spring ball. Yeah, Tim, I'm not quite as old as you. I was only an eighth grader in 1993, <laughs> but um, yeah, it, it's something that as as long as I've been around the program, you know, we haven't seen yeah. something like this. Uh, we talked about building blocks last last week. Uh, there was a lot of optimism coming out of the game against Wayne last week. How about after today? After today, I, I didn't feel that. It, it's kind of like uh, you ever wake up and you just kind of feel blah, like yeah. like I'm not going to have a great day, I'm you know, whatever. That's kind of what it felt like down there on the yeah. sideline. There wasn't a lot of enthusiasm, sure. not a lot of excitement. Um, the Cougars just kind of were going through the motions, it felt like. I'm 66 years old. Chad, I get up every morning. That's how I feel. My back, my shoulders, my feet, blah. I got to go through another day. Well, you think the foundation is there, though? Are the, are the pieces in place to build upon? Well, I mean, I certainly hope so. I think the Cougar fan, fan base certainly hopes so. Um, it's something where the Cougars, the Cougar fans, the Cougar, you know, faithful have not seen something like this, like you guys mentioned in 30 years. And so I think a lot of them don't really know what to expect, but, you know, based on the amount of young talent that's on this roster right now, the, the youth and excitement of the coaching staff, I feel like, you know, there's a lot of enthusiasm, but it needs to translate to on the field success. 28-10. Final score here in Marshall. More postgame from Matt Keyfield at the Schwann Regional Event Center after this break on Fox Sports KWSN. Welcome back to Marshall, Minnesota. Final game of the year for the University of Sioux Falls football team. The Cougars just dropped a 28-10 decision to Southwest Minnesota State. Coach Jim Glagowski joins us now. And Coach Glow, I, I didn't see this coming. In my wildest dreams, I did not expect Southwest to to uh, dominate this one the way they did today yeah yeah i didn't either um we had a good week you know kids were high spirited all week long you were there and you know i think we're just uh, at a point in our program right now where um you know we got to grow up we got to get smarter we got to get stronger we got to understand more what we're doing and you know it's it's kind of it's frustrating from the sideline because i can see defensively where we're just uh, half a step late or two gaps late getting fit and um, kind of our same, you know, demons that haunted us all year kind of came back to Rue again today. We turned it over four times, had a block punt, and, you know, you, you can't do that and expect to win many games. I think I've said that before. The Little Giants would have beat us today the way we turned it over and didn't tackle well. But I will say this, you know, and this is what I told the kids after the game, you know, the, the effort, the heart, the you know, keep rising up down here a couple different times. We forced field goals, and, you know, I think that's a sign of a team that is, has pride, you know, and wants to get better. Um, we just got to get older, you know. Yeah, yeah. we got a lot of work to do in the offseason, but like I told the guys, I'm proud of them. They bought in. They tried to do everything we asked them, brand-new staff. You know, a bunch of guys left the program, and the guys that stuck around fought to the end, and that's all you can ask. Did it catch you a little bit off guard today, the, the change of quarterback, a little bit of a different approach? He's a much more apt-to-run type quarterback. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, we were anticipating 12 and, and all that, but, you know, we don't have enough in that would be that difficult or that different than what we would have done anyways. So, you know, the quarterback run game stuff, I actually, once I realized it was him, I was all about it because I just felt like he wasn't going to throw the ball over the field and, you know, ironically, a couple of uh, it's like they got us to bite on the run too much a couple times, and you know, there was two big plays that they they kind of cracked our safety, and the linebacker and the and the corner didn't replace fast enough, and they got two big runs on that, and then the scramble we had him early in the game, and he broke, you know, give the kid credit, he made a nice play and ran to the end zone or whatever, and I mean, really, those three plays were probably the difference in the game, and and then we just couldn't seem to get out of our own way 
a couple times, you know, getting falling forward instead of knocking them back. And then they're second and six instead of second and eight. You know, and that stuff ends up kind of catching up to you. And, and then offensively, you know, we just didn't do a great job of sustaining any scoring drives. And, um, you know, get the field goal early, but didn't do a great job of uh, kind of punch and counter punch with them. And um, that was disappointing. Then we took the win in the fourth quarter thinking that we have our shot to kind of use the win in the fourth quarter to our advantage. And at that point, it probably didn't matter much. You mentioned the four turnovers by the offense. Did the SMSU defense do anything specific that you guys weren't anticipating in order to stymie you because you didn't pierce the ends until the fourth quarter? Yeah, you know, not not so much, I don't think. And obviously we've got to watch the film. But the thing that I noticed was a lot of tip balls, you know, and either we're not catching them and even the second to last drive down here, you know, we had fourth down, we had two guys, we'd hit them right in the hands and, you know, the, the reality of it is is that in this league, there's not that much that separates the last from the first team. The biggest thing is consistency and talent, right? Certainly talent, everyone understands that, but the ability to consistently execute play after play, week after week, season after season, that's why, you know, that's why teams are successful for long haul, and that's why other teams have a blip on the radar, but uh, we've got to keep building and, and keep coaching and teaching and recruiting and um, all that kind of stuff because our, our kids are – they're bought in. We we have really good character and all that kind of stuff, but um, we're just not uh, we're just not built to win right now. That's all. What, uh, Adonis Hutchinson, we saw him go through warmups. Looked like he was okay. I know he's been nursing some stuff, but then didn't get a chance to get in the ball game. Was that an injury kind of thing, or yeah, he not? just wasn't able to accelerate. Sure. And um, <laughs> again, we lost two more mics today, and so we got down to just one. Gary, he's literally that sixth in the season, and. You throw injuries on top of all that, and I, we sacked the quarterback a couple times today. I yeah. think that was positive. Yep. 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 I mean, that was good to see. Yeah, once um, we could corral him. So, you know, there, there's there's always bright spots. There's always low spots, and I guess I'm just not a negative guy by nature. And so I'm looking forward to the future. And you know, the reality of it is, half the team left in the off season, and this year we're going to keep most of the guys around. You talk about four seniors on a 106 guy roster. There's a really good chance for us to have some consistency and some competitive spring practices and. You know, we got to get back in the weight room and get stronger and get bigger and faster because it's, it's not – there's nothing magical about it. It's hard work. It's effort. It's determination. And then, you know, sprinkle on some talent, you got a chance. Camden Dean today threw three interceptions and took a couple of vicious hits on his last possession that he operated the offense. Did you pull him because of, of injury, because of the three interceptions, or you just wanted to – Get Adam Mullins and PT. You know, on that particular situation, I saw him on the ground, and he looked a little bit, um, you know, I wouldn't say it was a standing eight count, but yeah. it, he just was a little bit wobbly, and, and then he barked back, like, I'm fine. I said, you're out. And I just, <laughs> I mean, not to be like, you know, Mother Teresa or anything like that, but it isn't worth it. You know, if the kid's got, you know, he had a little bit of a, um, took a hard shot there, and it just, he's had a, well, honestly, he's taken quite a few shots this season. So, and and, and I trust Adam, you know. And so, um, yeah, it was more or less. I just a coach's decision, and I just said, you know what, you need to step out right now. It's not worth it. Um, it's never worth it, even you know, especially when you're down twenty-eight to three. The future. What are you going to do? What what needs to be improved upon, personnel-wise, position-wise, so twenty twenty-four doesn't resemble twenty twenty-three. Yeah, well, the biggest thing is I'm going to go in the offseason knowing the kids' names. I mean, that's the biggest thing. I spent the first six weeks of the year, um, by the time we got a staff in place and recruited and kind of picked up the pieces in recruiting, you know, I, I got hired on December 9th. Um, for the most part, we were six weeks out from recruiting. I think there was three or four guys committed. London Cole was one of those guys, I remember, and Connor Longman, those guys. There was, well, maybe there was only two guys committed at the time. So, you know, 
getting a staff hired, uh, then we lost an offensive coordinator, uh, you know, and so lost a defensive line coach, you know, Ted Haig left, and uh, so just the consistency, you know, I just believe in the process, and maybe that sounds, people are tired of hearing that, but it's true. Uh, having a great offseason, you know, getting the guys in the weight room, getting Coach Clark around these guys. You know, some of these true freshmen that got reps were invaluable, so they'll be ahead of the game. And here's the other thing. Our entire staff was brand new defensively, so those guys, you know, we're learning a brand new defense with the coaches and the players, and so I got a little more involved at the end of the season to make sure, and we were pretty vanilla. Um, but I just believe in doing it the right way, and I took a time out there at the end of the game. I don't know if you saw that, and we had a little bit of chirping going on, and I just said, hey, we're not, we're not going to do that, you know, and I don't expect any praise for that. I'm just saying who we are, what we are, and how we go about our business has got to be the number one thing, and we'll get quality kids that want to be at Sioux Falls, and, and we'll go from there. What's your recruiting wish list look like? What, what, do, you, what do you need to fill in? It's a veteran reporter right there That's for you, right. Tim. He's not going to let me off the hook with that question. Nope. Well, you know, obviously uh, we, we've got to get, we've got to get better um, in a lot of areas, you know, and I don't want to go Deion Sanders here and talk about, right. you know, the old line's terrible. That's not the case. But, you know, I just think that in all areas, in all facets, you know, I'd, I'd love to get some more experience on the defensive side of things. Um, if we can find some guys that are available that fit, you know, I just don't want anybody. I just don't want to bring guys in to say I brought a guy in. We want guys that fit our culture and fit the, the persona of what we're looking for, that understand what it's like to go to a small private Christian school in the middle of the city. And, you know, I think we've got great facilities and we've got a lot to offer. And, you know, I think they'll play for a coach that cares about them. And it's like my recruiting pitch right now. Sounds yeah, great. Sounds Sign great, me up. You know? I mean, I should send my son to play for me. Oh, he does. Oh, he is right? here. He is here. But, yeah, you know, I, I just seeing – I told the coaches this. I've been in this league long enough, had a lot, a lot of success in this league. It's not, it's not anything crazy. You know, you get kids to buy in. They get to be seniors, and all of a sudden, man, you're dominant. And then, you, and then the seniors are teaching the young guys. See, yeah. right now, out of 106 guys, they were all learning, not to mention all the coaches. So I'm more comfortable. I know where to park my car. I, I know where the bubble's at, you know. And the reality of it is uh, I got a desk in January. That'll be positive. I didn't have one last year until about end of, end of January. <laughs> um, but, yeah, you know, I'm not moving my family. Guys aren't going back and forth on the weekends and all that stuff. So we can really dig in and, and dive into this thing and do it the right way. And I know what you're getting at as far as personnel, but to be honest with you, I think in fairness to look at the film and really look at 11 football games and even go back and look at some of our scrimmage film and see, you know, what this guy potentially can do for us. And if we don't have a guy at that spot we feel like can feel the need, then we got to go out and get it in recruiting. All right. Coach Jim Glugowski. The first season here at Sioux Falls didn't go the way you wanted, didn't go the way anybody wanted, but you sure made us feel welcome. We yep. appreciate that. Appreciate and, everything, Coach. Yep. Yep. And you've you made this old man feel young once again. <laughs> well, I appreciate and I, it. And I like that. Yeah, well, and you guys, I appreciate you guys. I enjoy it, you know, and I, I love what I'm doing. Uh, I think you can see that. I, I love the kids, and I told them in the, in the corner of the end zone there, guys, you, you, winning and losing doesn't define you. It, it really doesn't. You know, there's a lot of guys that won a lot of games that aren't happy. There's a lot of guys that don't win anything that are happy. It's like being money doesn't make you happy. You know, it's, it's do you enjoy what you're doing with the people you're doing it with? And then ultimately on top of that, when you care about somebody, you give the extra effort and then you find success. And give credit to, to Coach Underwood. He's had a tough season. You know, those guys won a bunch of games at the beginning of the season last year. Then this year they win the first one, win the last one. They're 2-9. and nine. But it's funny what a win can do. You see all these Mustangs out here having a good time, enjoying themselves. That's what winning does, you know. But And they feel good going in the offseason. But at the end of the day, we got five wins between the two of us. We both got to get better, yeah. you know, and I think we all understand that. Coach Galo, thank you very much. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you, guys, and we'll see you soon. All right. Thanks, Coach. Final score here in Marshall today was the Mustangs 28 and the Cougars 10. We'll be back. The stats and the scoreboard from the NSIC when we return here on Fox Sports KWSN.
The final here at Matt Key Field at the Schwann Regional Events Center. SMSU defeats the University of Sioux Falls 28-10. to 10. 16 first downs for the University of Sioux Falls. They ran the ball 28 times for 180 yards. They were 13 of 30 passing today for 171 yards, one touchdown, and four interceptions. 58 total plays, 351 yards of offense. The Mustangs had 22 first downs. They ran it 56 times today for 275. They threw it 11 of 21 for 152. 77 plays, 427 yards for the Mustangs. They had 38 minutes of possession to just 22 for the Cougars. The Cougars came in about 34 minutes per game, I think, in time of possession, and they are dominated in that category today. The Mustangs were 6 of 15 on third down, 1 of 3 on fourth. USF went 2 of 9 on third downs and were 1 of 3 on fourth as well. Dylan Rudnigan over 100 yards today on 11 carries. He was the leading rusher for the Cougars. Donald Austin had 184 yards and three touchdowns on 31 touches. Tamel Staples, 17 carries, 72 yards, had the other touchdown today for the Mustangs. Adam Mullen was 8 of 18, passing for 135 yards. He had one touchdown and an interception. Cam Dean, 5 of 12 for 36. He threw three picks for USF. Tamel Staples was 11 of 21, 152 yards, three sacks uh, that he suffered here in the game today. Jake Anderson was his leading receiver, four catches for 63. Leading receiver for the Cougars in terms of receptions was Carter Slykehouse, four catches for 30 yards. Darfnell Gwynn had 87 yards on three catches. He scored the Cougars' lone touchdown today. Garrett Hoffman finishes with 12 tackles. Cade Morse and Matt Gehring with nine apiece to lead Sioux Falls. Gideon Irvesty had nine tackles. Josiah Hedinston and Tate Gall, eight tackles apiece for the Mustangs. They win it 28-10, finish the season 2-9. USF finishes their season at 3-8. Some milestones in today's game. Donald Austin with 184 yards rushing for Southwest, past 1,500 for his career. Dylan Rudnigan for the Cougars, his fourth 100-yard rushing day of the season. 103 on the day. He moves into 27th place all-time passing Jason Towns. He's got 1,248 yards. And Carter Slykhouse just missed getting to 1,500 yards in receptions for his career. He's now at uh, 1,484 after a 4 for 30 day. Sioux Falls with its first loss ever in NSIC competition to Southwest. Cougars now have an 11-4 advantage over the Mustangs. The last previous win in the series, 1979. Tim was around. I was. Chad wasn't. (laughs) Right? Correct. All right. What year were you born? I was born later on that year, (laughs) but it wouldn't have been during football season. All right. 1979. That was a long, long time ago. All right. Season's done. Three wins, eight losses. I did not see this coming. Back in August on the podcast, our buddy, Matt Witwicky, had me go through every game. I had him going eight and three. Hmm. Well, I wasn't as optimistic as you maybe, but, um, you know, the the three and eight thing was a little bit unexpected uh, for the Cougars. Uh, I was expecting, you know, closer to the five and six, six and five type yeah. Uh, record uh, and you know I think today's effort from the Cougars was a little bit disappointing uh, had a couple games like that this season where uh, hopefully in the future the Cougars can 
give a little bit more uh, to some of those games. Yeah, those. I mean, those are the kind of games that you point to and go, you remember how you felt after that game? You never want to feel that way again. Let's let's build from that. And, you know, like, like Coach Glow just was talking about, um, there weren't a lot of seniors to be senior leaders. You always talk about senior leadership. They just didn't have that this year. A lot of guys who'd been around for a while, but um, I think that's something that will start to build as uh, this group of coaches and this group of players has an entire off season to be together and uh, good things can come in the future. I think uh, if I was drawing up a recruiting wish list, most of my items on that list would fall on the defensive side of the ball. I think the offense is in good hands. Yep. Dean, Mullen, if he comes back, he's in graduate school right now. The running backs, they, can, they could stand to add another big thumper of a back as opposed to the two little guys they have, Rudnick and Grzybowski. I think the wide receivers are fine. Yep. You're going to have Janice and Hutchinson and Slykehouse. If he comes back, he's of a certain age and could move on too if he wanted to get on with the rest of his life. Tight ends are in good uh, good stead. And the offensive line, all due to come back right. if they so decide. It's on the defensive side of the ball that need to beef up, whether it be linebackers or in the secondary and maybe a couple of uh, stud Defensive ends who can get to the quarterback. Right. But finding those guys and getting them to commit to you <laughs> is one thing, and getting them to say yes is another. I think the coaching staff probably has a, a good idea of what they're going to look for going into the recruiting season. Um, I also, you know, I'm, I'm kind of interested to see what ends up happening. Uh, this transfer portal thing has really kind of shaken up college sports in general, but. Um, with the guys having the ability to go out there and find other, you know, shop for other schools every offseason, it, it changes things a lot, and you, you really might not have a lot of that continuity. I'm not quite sure um, if the Cougars will be impacted on one way or another, but it, it's, it's good in the fact that you can bring in guys that are a little bit seasoned, but at the same time, you can have guys that take off, as the Cougars found out this past season. Yeah, you have to re-recruit your own team yeah. every year anymore, and that's not the way it used to be, and... It's just a sign of a changing society. All right, Tim, we go to the scoreboard one last time you before bet. we wrap up the 2023 football season. Got some finals. A Wayne State defeats Concordia St. Paul 56-21. Minnesota State Moorhead defeats Mary 35-7. Uh, Northern is on their way to a victory over Northern Michigan. 44-20 late in the fourth quarter there. Winona State leading Minot State 13-7 midway through the fourth quarter. The two games that have playoff and conference title implications, one went final, an upset in Mankato, Minnesota Duluth over the Mavericks 33-21. to The Mavericks playoff hopes uh, teetering at this point. They were number seven uh, in the region rankings. And in Sioux Falls, Augustana with a 24-12 lead, 12 minutes to go in that game. Augie with a win there would win the conference outright and uh, likely – they likely move up and possibly host a playoff game next week. Uh, we'll find out more about that uh, tomorrow. Still, like I said, 11 and a half minutes to go in that one. Augie leading 24 to 12. Final here, 28 to 10. Southwest with the win, finishing 2 and 9. Cougars dropped to 3 and 8. Their 10-game winning streak over the Mustangs halted here in Marshall. Well, I want to say uh, thank you very much. A big thank you to both you guys, Tim Hyde and Chad Berger, for your great work this fall you made my job easy i appreciate uh, all your efforts your preparation your being there and 
everything you added to the broadcast. I, I couldn't do it without you. Tom, we're just lucky to get to hang out with you. It's a lot of fun <laughs> to work with you, and uh, we're we're grateful that we get to just come along for the ride. So. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I drove today. If you guys want to ride home, you better, you better heap on the praise here. Thank you very much, fellas. That'll do it for another football season. My 26th in the books here at the University of Sioux Falls. With a little luck, we'll be back for 2024. And again, the Cougars open on week one next fall on the road at Northern State. At this point, they've got five home games with an open date in week nine. Looking to fill that with a potential home game. We'll see if that comes to fruition or not. For Tim and for Chad and for Coach Glow, Tom Frederick saying thanks so much for listening to USF Athletics. Next broadcast will be Tuesday night, November 21st, from the Pentagon, a doubleheader, men's basketball at 5.30, the women at 7.30. Hope you can join us then. So long, everybody, and thanks for listening to USF Athletics and Fox Sports, KWSN.